Welcome to Makers Chat, a podcast community for creatives. I'm your host, Danielle Kaminsky, artist, maker, and educator in South Carolina. If you are a creative business owner, then you're in the right place. This episode is part of a special five-week series with our special guest, Hillary Kay, business coach and Enneagram expert. We believe that the Enneagram is more than a personality test. It is an amazing tool that we can use to not only better understand ourselves, but to better understand those around us. We'll begin each episode one-on-one with Hillary herself as we deep dive into each type, and then we'll chat with a creative who has used the tool to see how it has helped them in their business. So let's jump right in. All right, so we're back today, guys, with the type four on the Enneagram. And once again, we are talking to Enneagram business coach, Miss Hillary Kay. How's it going, Hillary? Good. I'm really enjoying this series. It's been so fun. Yes, me too. So talk to us about the type four. Tell us what we need to know about their motivations and fears and how that's going to you know, relate in the work. Sure. So the type four um, is known as the creative. So I have a feeling we'll probably have a lot of type fours listening um, today in this space. Um, and type fours are their core motivator is being authentic and being unique. They like to stand out. Um, and their fears are lack of identity um, or that they're not bringing any significance into the world. Um, type fours are extremely authentic people. Um, they're very empathetic. Out of all of the types, they are the most empathetic. Um, they are in that heart center. So they are in, you know, the center that works best when they take actions or make decisions. They use their feelings and emotions. And boy, do fours have feelings and emotions. Um, and this helps them be super expressive and creative because they use those emotions to guide their work. Um, But just like any of the types, right, you have to pay attention to all of your connection points um, on the Enneagram diagram. Um, We all have five. um, And so we have our core type wings and our lines of integration and disintegration. So for a four, their wings, the attributes that they can pick up on from their wings are going to come from the type three and the type five. So these are the four's best friends, um, leaning in, you know, picking up the attributes from the three of the productivity and the um, goal setting, and then picking up those attributes from the type five of the um, being thoughtful and not reactive. Um, And then also the type four is linked to their their health line of a type one. So when a type four is really healthy or really in a good spot, they're going to pick up those more positive attributes of a type one of being organized and detailed um, in their work. But on the flip side, um, type fours go to a type two when they're in stress or headed toward burnout. And so how this can look for a type four is a lot of self-pity. They don't take care of themselves. Um, Their cup is empty. We talked about this in the two episode, right? To where type two is often give and give and give and they don't give back. So if a four realizes that their cup is empty and they're becoming resentful, 
of their work, that's a sign that they're headed toward burnout. Also being aware that they are not, you know, they're giving, giving, giving to other people and hyper-focusing on other people's problems to maybe get attention on themselves because they're needing some of that reassurance from others that they are, you know, unique and valuable. Um, and so those are some signs that a four um, should watch out for. Also, if a four, if you cannot find beauty in the world, that's a pretty clear sign that you are in your stress zone or headed, headed toward burnout. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I'm, I have a lot of friends who are fours and family members who are fours, and I, I see that a lot. Um, so talk to us about how a four can take these strengths and turn it into a superpower in their business. What should they be focusing on and how they do their work? Absolutely. So I always say that empathy is the type four superpower. Empathy combined with creativity is magic. Um, because your the emotion and feelings that you have flowing inside of you produce the most beautiful work. And if you are really focused on finding that beauty in the world, being very aware of what inspires you, that is going to make you 10 times better of a creator um, because you're going to use those feelings in you to create beautiful things. Um, and it also makes you really amazing um, with your clients um, and your customers, that empathetic side of you, because you're going to be able to make them feel what they need to feel. That is your gift. You're also going to be able to, um, they don't even have to say what they're looking for. This is kind of that similarity with the type two um, and really any of our feeling-centered types. Um, but that, that increased empathy that a four has is really um, amazing. And all of those wide range of feelings, if you use them in a positive way, right? We've talked about how sometimes your biggest strength can be your biggest obstacle. Um, but using your feelings and emotions to inspire you and inspire others, right? Because you inspiring others and showing your creative gifts is going to what's going to draw those customers to you um, and keep them coming back for more. Yeah, absolutely. And then aside from what we've already talked about, you know, some of the things we can recognize in ourselves that would be, you know, us headed to our burnout. What are some of the messages that we might receive from the people around us or from our customers that would be a, a red flag? Mm -hmm. So from the people around, um, around you, it might be like, Hey, you're kind of being rude. Like I'm, you're, you're being more direct than normal. Like, is, did I do something, you know, asking like, Oh gosh, like, you know, type fours can become very prickly when they are in a state of burnout. So, um, and can become very abrasive with their language. Um, and so that's something to watch out for is if people, if maybe, you know, if type fours are, are kind of used to getting their feelings hurt, they're pretty, you know, they're, they have that more sensitive, but if you're having a lot of people say like, oh, that, that hurt my feelings, <laughs> that, you know, that was, you know, that was kind of rude, you know, something like that to where you're using those more, like the negative emotions are coming off more. Right. Um, and then as far as like a customer, if 
you completely go silent, right? And they say, like, where have you been? You know, where, you know, it seems like, you know, you haven't been as, you know, present lately, or, you know, I'm missing some of this in your, in your work, in your, you know, presentation, because when fours are on, especially fours who are entrepreneurs, who generally have more of that three wing um, yeah. in them, they share lots, you know, they're sharing their, their creativity all the time yeah. with the world. So kind of when, when people are like, oh, where have you been? You know, I haven't seen your work lately, you know, and it's probably because the type four is not inspired. Right. And if a type four isn't inspired, that means they're becoming resentful of their work, <laughs> which right. means they need to go out and find some beauty in the world to get re-inspired. Right. Yes. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much, Hillary. I appreciate it again. You're so welcome. For more from Hillary, including information on how to get on the wait list for her upcoming book release, Unlock Your Potential at Work, The Beginner's Guide to Using the Enneagram at Work, all you have to do is visit the link in our show notes or head on over to her website, hillarykay.com. That's H-I-L-L-A-R-I-E-K-A-Y.com. Now let's talk to this week's creative. Okay, guys. So today we're going to be talking with Miss Greta Guimond. Now, am I saying your last name right? It's all right. Everyone says it wrong. So that's about as close as people get. That's pretty darn good. So say your last name for me then. It's Greta Guimond. 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 So I got to think French. Guimond. That's right. All right. Got yes. it. I can do that. Greta is Marietta Greta. If you have mm -hmm. ever wandered upon her, and if you have not, then all you have to do is visit the show notes and there will be links to her creative pages. But um, Greta's business, Marietta Greta, she is also an artist. She makes just insanely beautiful, beautiful pieces. Um, her, her fun little dolls with their little treasure compartments, I think are my favorite. But um, she also has beautiful canvas work and all kinds of other things that you can see on her pages but she is here with us today as our type four so thank you for joining me well, thank you and thank you so much for those kind words I I'm I'm not worthy but thank you yes you are so how long have you known about the Enneagram how long ago did you take a test how long has this just been part of how you think about things well, I had no idea there was such a thing as Enneagram until I was in Dionne Woods, the Turquoise Iris, um, Empowered by Design. And she brought in Hillary, who you've introduced to everyone already. Um, and we did some Enneagram studying at the time. And so when was that, Danielle? So sometime this spring. Yeah, I that would have been in the spring. The group started, yeah. I believe, in, in February. So that would have mm -hmm. probably been March or April. Yes, not quite a year, but I have embraced it and I have done some extra work on learning more about it. And I find it fascinating. And I'm extremely um, excited to represent force. And also it's a little daunting because I know there are a lot of fellow creatives out there that are probably forced as well. Yes. 
Yes, because, you know, fours are the individualists. So as a general mm-hmm. rule, there's lots of creatives. Hillary mentioned that actually, that um, the ones, the fours and the sevens have a tendency to be the, the most represented in our field, in our area. Um, so as a four, what do you mm-hmm. feel like has been maybe the most helpful part of knowing your type? Well, that is a good question. Um, I have always felt, well, even in my own family, I have felt like I was a little bit different. Um, Not, I mean, we all obviously have the same genes in my immediate family, but there was just something that I just felt like I wasn't the same as my two sisters or my parents. and, And sometimes I felt like I was not as understood um, because of my tendencies to wander off and and look at the path less traveled, I guess. Um, And so stumbling into this amazing artistic community and finding out that I'm an Enneagram 4 has helped me understand myself a little bit better um, and also know that there's a lot of people out there that are similar to me in that respect, I guess. And also finding out what, as you'll probably talk about, what are good tendencies and what are not as healthy tendencies. Um, Just finding out those things have really made me more aware of when I'm starting to act a certain way maybe that's good and maybe that's not so good. I think it's a good thing, personally. I talk about the, uh, to me, the connection points, specifically the stress line connection point. It's like Mm -hmm. my guardrail, right? Because that's, I mean, that's, don't get me wrong. It's nice to know when you're healthy and feel good about yourself, but it's more important to me to know when I'm not healthy and (laughs) when I'm really stressed out and I'm headed towards burnout and those kinds of things. So I feel like having those guardrails, knowing the the more unhealthy characteristics to watch out for and knowing that stress point, I think it's a good thing when you can see that. I mean, yeah, it's not fun to know sometimes, (laughs) but it's good because then you can, you can correct. You can take the time to assess what it is you need to do to try to adjust. And I have always been that person Um, who has jumped in two feet to help somebody. Um, I mean, even as a kid, uh, I was the go-to person. And and sometimes in life that have derailed, I have derailed myself um, by putting other people in front of myself. Um, I mean, obviously as a good human, you're always gonna help people, but at the expense of your own well-being is where that guardrail as you call it comes in absolutely because for the four you know you go to that two to that helper type more so in stress so I mean we call the twos the helpers right because that's their tendency they get Mm -hmm. their they get affirmation in life when they're helping people but that doesn't mean that all the other types don't want to help people of course we all want to help people right but for you as a type four when you're helping people especially if it's a circumstance that stresses you out or you're giving more than you can afford to give, that's when it does go into those negative, like, 
I'm giving too much of myself. I'm seeing myself get resentful here. This is starting to become a problem. Um, so I think though that in that regard, because like you said, you want to, how did you just say it? You want to be a good human? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're trying to help people because you love people. But then it's like, sometimes the very act of helping people like that is what can probably, that's hard for you, I would imagine. Because that's when you can lose touch. Yeah. Boundaries. It's something that I've struggled with. Um, I'd like to say I'm pretty approachable. Um, And so so before this life, I was actually a registered nurse. And I've always had the kind of superpower, I guess, where people will tell me all their stuff and I don't ask them to, it just happens. And I, I don't mind hearing people's stuff and I'm a vault. I will take that, their stuff with me to my grave. But sometimes I'm not really great at, at boundaries. And um, so it's been really interesting to find out, like you said, the, the stress and the health. Um, when I've been at some of my lower points, I just have not had good boundaries with um, taking everything on internally as well as externally. And I've always been accused of being oh, sensitive or whatever, but I own it now as I'm 54 years old, I'm finally owing, owning that I am a sensitive person, uh, but I feel things really, really, really strongly. But that's not just like melancholy things. I feel happiness strongly and I feel excited strongly. I feel all the things strongly. That's just who I am. Right. Absolutely. Well, and that's, you know, they talk, when we talk about the intelligence centers, the feeling centers, and of course, the two, the three, the four, that's all in the feeling center. But even within just those three and the dynamics, you know, as a rule, the fours feel things the strongest. So the twos have a tendency, they're very empathetic, but they're empathetic to the point, to the point, because they're trying to fulfill everyone else's needs. They tend to neglect their own emotions and kind of stuff them down a little bit. Whereas the four, you just, you feel everything so intensely Um, and it's a wonderful thing, but it's also probably something that can be really difficult because, you know, emotions are hard. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the more that you try and pretend that you don't have them, at least in my case, it, it just comes out in other ways. So like I said, I embrace my, my emotions at this point. If you turn on a savvy commercial, you're going to see me crying before <laughs> I would, when I was in my younger years, I'd probably like try to try and slough that off in some way. But now I'm like, I'm just over here crying. I own it. Is what it. it is. Yes. I love that. So in health, so on the opposite side there, so we're talking about the stress and going to a two and helping other people. In health, you know, the four's helpline is a one, which would be very detail-oriented, um, you know, very, I, I guess, pragmatic, not necessarily to-do list, but more like just getting it done well and paying attention to the details. Can you think of a time when you've seen that and known that like, you know, 
things are really good right now. And just knowing that like, this is you at your best, so to speak. Well, I mentioned being a registered nurse before. You have to be extremely observant. You have to be detail oriented. My training is in critical thinking, um, which means that you see the end in mind. You have to, okay, you have to do that flow chart in your head. If this happens or if this happens, this other thing is going to happen. And so I, I think that through my training and even now in my art business, being detail-oriented is a, a definite strength that I'm very grateful to have. And I am the queen of the list. <laughs> I am a list. My, my father was a list maker. He always had a, a little pad of paper in his shirt pocket with lists. So, yes, lists nice. are my friend. <laughs> so you got that one honest. <laughs> oh, for sure. So do you feel like then if you, you know, you have your list and you like getting things done, that kind of thing, do you feel like you have more of a three wing or do you feel like you have more of a five wing? I'm definitely more of a three wing. In fact, I, when I, the first time I tested and I just took another test, by the way, just because I heard um, someone else talking about taking a test again. Um, the first time I tested as a three, but the three did just didn't sit with me. It just didn't feel quite right. So I had spent some time actually with Hillary and um, going through all of it because it went number one, three, number two, four, but there were like two points. Well, this time when I did it, it was number four. And then there were maybe five points and I was a number three. So I am a strong four wing three. Um, although I would say I have some five tendencies too um, because I'm very strategic, although that's probably a three as well. Um, I'd like to say I'm, I'm an equal right brain, left brain. I have that science background with my nursing, um, but I also have the artistic flair too so um what do you think I mean I can see that I think that makes sense and I do think that I mean you know we we have a tendency to talk about which wing we lean towards more because I do think that the larger majority of the population does lean into one more so than the other um but I do believe that we have the ability to access both so you know it depends on the circumstances and what our needs are like I know for me, as a type three, I primarily wing towards the two most of the time. However, I also get yeah. really excited about coming up with something that I feel like is special and unique to me. And I can recognize some of that in myself, too. So I do think that I, you know, can lean into the four from time to time. I think most mm -hmm. most people have the ability to pull from both. But when you just start talking about general personality traits, I feel like probably more often than not people will say, oh, I have this wing. I kind of identify with that too. So. Yeah, like you said, I think it's already, but I like the research. I like I like the five. Some I I can see some of the five qualities, but I but it's probably more of a three. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> 
So of course, as an artist, being able to, to lean into those individual, looking for the unique, finding the beautiful, that's going to be super helpful. What are some other ways though, whether it is in business or just in your personal life that you feel like being a four has helped you, that those characteristics just are something that you, the superpowers, so to speak, and how you see them kind of play out for you? Um, well, I have always said I'm an idea person. I, um, sorry about that. I'm like, did I, there you go. Um, I'm an idea person. So, uh, if there is something unusual or a theme or a project or something that maybe nobody has tried, that is, that is what, that's my jam is trying to think of things that maybe nobody else has thought of or do it in a way that nobody else has tried. That gets my blood pumping. That is for sure. But then bringing it back to offering it in a way that other people can use it or other artists can collaborate and do it, use it or do it together, that, that just makes it even more special. So I'm a doer. Um, I will think of the thing and then um, go out there and do it and or find other people to do it with me. Makes it even better. Yeah. So do you feel like you're more extroverted or introverted? I am the most extroverted introvert you will ever meet <laughs> if I had my druthers I would do it I would have spend the majority of the time doing the thing the art in my zone by myself but then when it comes time to do the ta-da or bring people together then I'm going to be the one out there rounding everybody up and pulling them together to do the thing. Does that yeah. make sense? It does. It does. So you get your energy from being alone. But once you've got your energy, you want the people. You want your people. To share. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. That sounds very um, not congruent. That sounds very opposite, actually. But that's just how it is. No, I totally get it. And I think different, you know, different types. Uh, I always enjoy um, seeing the different graphics for the Enneagram that'll show you the different types and the tendencies or the, maybe the percentage of people who would consider themselves introverted versus the percentage that would consider themselves extroverted. But like, I think there is a lot of people who you ask that question and they don't completely understand because they're like, well, I love to be around people but the being around people drains them and they're truly introverts because they need the alone time in order to have energy um, versus the people who are like, no, I'm an extrovert. If I spend too much time by myself, I'm, I'm going to be like lethargic and not know what to do. Like I've got to be around people and in, in these situations in order to keep my energy level up, you know, to keep my motivation there, I guess you'd say. Well, so now you didn't ask me, that. you didn't ask me, you asked me 
so I took the question as being a work thing. Socially, I struggle socially um, being, unless it's something that I kind of know something about, I kind of always want to know who's going to be there, um, you know, what we're going there for. I mean, I used to probably be more social um, when I was younger, but socially, I am definitely more of an introvert. Um, I can talk to people, don't get me wrong, but you're going to see me like busy and around trying to keep things organized or, you know, making sure everybody feels welcome, but the small talk or you can talk to me about deep things, but I, I struggle with the small talk. Yeah. So more intense one-on-one kind of relationships. Yes. I'm your girl. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because we haven't gone into it in this series and I don't plan to too much because I think it would just be maybe just one more thing, a little bit too deep for, for the podcast, but all of the types have, have three subtypes and there's three different ones. And there's the, the, the person who like really wants to sort of like protect themselves, the self-preservation type. And then there's the social type, which is more or less always going to be an extrovert, right? They're always going to be worried about the group dynamic. They're always going to be very plugged into being around lots of people, that kind of thing. And then there's the one that (laughs) is labeled the sexual variant, but it's really more about the idea of one-on-one. It's it's that person who does better when the relationships and the conversation and the work is happening in more of a one-on-one dynamic. So even those people can be extroverted, right? They're getting the energy from the experiences with other people, but rather than the really big groups, they're looking for those small intimate groups, kind of that one-on-one thing. And it sounds like that's probably more where you find yourself. Interesting. See, I just love Enneagram. I mean, there's just so much more I think there is to learn about this. And that's why I'm super excited about this project. And um, I think I told you, and I'm sure none of my adult children will listen to this, but I mean, I want to do the Enneagram for all of my family. I, I think it just, it's helpful to kind of know where people are coming from and it helps you relate, or at least for me, I think it helps you relate and knowing, you know, what a person is and how they function and in work and in social. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm planning on getting them uh, Enneagram test for Christmas. Don't tell. <laughs> we won't, we won't tell them. <laughs> But no, I think that's a great idea. I remember, you know, we've, we've talked recently and you were telling me that, and I, I think that's a great gift. I love my family. Um, most of them at this point have taken the test. They know their type. They at the very least know what a geek I am when it comes to Enneagram stuff. And a couple of them have really kind of dove in a little bit to understand their types better. Some of them are just like, well, you tell me that's what I am, which is not a hundred percent true. I don't go around telling people what type they are because that is 100% based on personal motivations and you can't really guess um, what somebody is. You can guess, but you shouldn't tell them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, um, and then there's a couple people that are like, whatever, I still haven't taken that test. And it kind of makes me laugh (laughs) because I'm like, there's this part of me that feels like people who don't want to take the test, if we really look at it, they're probably one of a couple of types. (laughs) 
I feel like there are certain types that those personalities in general are going to be the ones who are like, whatever, I'm not taking that test. <laughs> that is too funny. But is there anything that you feel like you would just, you want people to know about a type four? We long for community we long to be accepted but we're kind of like cats I guess where we reach out when it's our on our terms and um, we may pull back but that doesn't mean that we still don't want community that we feel things deeply, whether it's about our art, you know, like poetry uh, is, is like the deep uh, description of a thought. Well, art is the same thing with a feeling. And so as we are doing art and we put ourselves out there um, in that fear of rejection or the fear of not having that community um, accept us, is a real deal. And so um, I know I'm guilty of that, like putting myself out there in spurts just to, you know, for the courage of it all. But we will be by your side. Um, we'll tell you the truth, um, but we'll do it in a way that is empathetic and kind. And um, um, we're helpers as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Greta, thank you so much for doing this with me, for talking to me today, um, opening up a little bit. I know, you know, anytime we're talking about ourselves and our feelings, it can get, <laughs> it can get uncomfortable for us sometimes. I know it does for me. So I appreciate you um, being here with me and talking to me about this today. Well, I think what you're doing is wonderful. And thank you so much for, um, shining a light on all of us and all of our various types. And that's what makes the world go round, right? It sure does. It takes all of us, that's for sure. But thank you. Thank you. That's all for this week's episode of Makers Chat. We cannot wait to share more with you about the Enneagram in coming episodes. Just remember to check out our show notes for links to learn more from Ms. Hillary Kay, to get on the list for her book launch. And of course, if you haven't already joined us on Facebook inside the Makers Chat community, please go ahead and do that. That's where you can go for deeper conversation to connect with not only the creatives that are here in the podcast, but other creatives just like you in our community. You guys have a wonderful day and we'll talk again soon.